Sex and happiness both enrich our lives, yet it's surprising how few people can honestly say that they enjoy regular and fulfilling sex or describe themselves and their lives as happy. Host Lori Handlers helps you to experience real intimacy and happiness. You'll laugh a little, learn a little, and we hope put a smile on your face and a smile in your life. Now here's Lori. Hi, everybody. This is Laurie Handlers, and you're listening to Sex and Happiness, a show about sex and happiness. And again, this is this is about you, like getting sexier and happier. I think they go together, and everything that I do has to do with you, like connecting, you connecting to your own sexuality, your own happiness, and every angle I can bring you about sex and happiness. Oh, hold on. We have to stop. You and I have to turn off our cameras. Because um, the recording is better when we don't have our cameras on. So hang on. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then I'll count us in again. All right. Here we go. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Recording in five, four, three, two. Hi, everybody. This is Laurie Handlers, and you're listening to another episode of Sex and Happiness, a show about your sex and your happiness. And everything I do on this show is to help you get more in touch with yourself, more in touch with you as a being, as a body, as an embodied sovereign being. And today is no exception. Today we're going to talk about how you know what you want sexually is a game changer. It's a life changer for your life. How knowing who you are and your preferences. In the past, we've talked a lot about boundaries We've talked about consent. We've talked about a lot of things that are really important uh, for negotiating intimacy. And today we're going to be talking about knowing what you want. So my guest today is Catherine Hale. She's a sexual healer and an empowerment coach. She's trained in sexological bodywork and in TRE, trauma releasing exercises, She's trained in the Wheel of Consent and other tantric, shamanic, and psychotherapy practices. Her passion is supporting people to heal from trauma by finding connection with their bodies and reclaiming the power of their sexuality. Catherine supports her clients to find safety in their bodies through relationships and through their relationships with others. She uses the power of presence and love to support embodiment and the integration of sexuality and spirituality in her life and in the lives of her clients. So Catherine, welcome to Sex and Happiness. It's so great to have you. Oh, thank you, Laurie. It's uh, really lovely to be here with you today. Yeah, it's been a long time coming. We, you know, we have, we've known of each other for a really long time, but we've never physically met. And I said, Okay, enough. I'm fine. I'm reaching out to you. I want to at least talk to you, and I want to talk to you on my radio show. Mm-hmm. So I'm thrilled that you said yes. I'm really happy that you invited me. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, it's been like a lot of kind of missed uh, meetings along the way over the last yeah. uh, numbers of years. So um, when this invitation appeared in my inbox, it was like I had to say yes. Thank you. Thank you. So how did you, you know, okay, so everything I just said about you, you know, you're trained in Wheel of Consent, you're trained in various psychotherapies, sexological body work, 
uh, a healer, sexual healer, an empowerment coach. How, you know, how did you get to this mm -hmm. in your life? Because, you know, like me, I don't, I mean, there was no, this wasn't my, the track I was supposed to be on. Yeah, it wasn't the track I was supposed to be on either. <laughs> <laughs> so how did this happen to you? <laughs> well, you, you know how it goes, Laurie. Um, you know, I, I kind of started to inquire into myself at a relatively young age, I guess. Um, and, you know, went into therapy and started to kind of ask questions about why I was feeling the way I was feeling um, and started to unpack quite a kind of messy and complicated um, first part of my life. And, and that kind of therapeutic process went on for quite a long time. And I, in my then psychotherapy training, I remember having a conversation with one of my colleagues on the course and she mentioned this place that she'd been. And it was one of those moments of grace where I thought, I need to go there. I need to go to this place that she'd mentioned to me. And it's a community here in the UK called Osho Lila. Mm. It's a, an inspiring place um, with so much variety being offered there. But what really drew me there was the work around sexuality and the Tantra work, and the intimacy work, and the work all around kind of connection and relationship. And so I appeared at Osho Lila one summer and was meant to be there, you know, for an event, one event. And I just ended up staying and staying and extending my stay and extending my stay. And I think I ended up being there for about two years on and off, um, and just kept kind of deepening into this process of unraveling and discovering who I am as a, as a sexual being, who I am as a relational being. Um, so that was, yeah, that was that moment of grace for me to hear about this place that existed where I could go and really delve into this, these aspects of myself. Mm. Yeah, it, pretty much the same thing happened to me. So I, I, I mean, I not Osho Lila, but uh, really the same thing. Therapy didn't do it for me. I, I participated in Landmark for years, but that too, that was like, that was bodiless. That was like, mm -hmm. the, instead of the headless horseman, that was more like the, the, <laughs> the head <laughs> with no body. <laughs> And then I found my way to Tantra. So, and it was fascinating. And it sounds like you were on a similar path. Like you just couldn't get enough. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I was, I was a, a thirsty camel, you know, <laughs> I'd been led to this oasis and I could just drink. Yeah. Beautiful. Myself. And then, so did you, were you already like in psychotherapy practice then? And you just, you integrated um, sexual healing and sexological body work into practice that you were already being as a professional or you just developed a whole new thing? I developed a whole new thing. I'd, I'd got about two years into my psychotherapy training and I remember saying, um, so when are we going to, when are we going to work on sex? <laughs> and they said, Oh, we're going to do that at the end of year three. And <laughs> 
I can't wait until the end of year three. You know? <laughs> I knew I needed to go into this territory. So I was like, I, I, I need to go and, and I might come back, but I don't know at this stage. And I never did go back. Mm. Um, that's not to say that what I learned from um, psychotherapy, it was a spiritual psychotherapy, psychosynthesis. And it was you know, profound and very beautiful, um, but it didn't go into the depths that I wanted to go into. So by my journey of going into those depths, by going into sexuality and uh, relationship and intimacy, I could bring what I learned in psychotherapy into the work that I now do um, in the arena of sexuality. So it's a movement forwards rather than a movement backwards, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It makes perfect. Well, to me, it makes perfect sense. I think it makes perfect sense to my listeners. I mean, they've been listening to the show for a long time and they understand, you know, they've, they've heard from a lot of people who had a similar, you know, process, not the same, but a similar Mm -hmm. process, like waking up to the fact that we actually have a body. Yeah. And that it's primal (laughs) and that it's, and that our libido or our sexuality moves creation and everything. I mean, I think I, I'm hoping that my listeners at this point are sophisticated um, in the area of knowing that, that this is so important. And obviously like it called to you, it drew you, you know, it drew you, you weren't going, it, you weren't going to stop at, Oh, we're going to get to that at the end of year three. Like, excuse me. (laughs) That's great. So, um, so you have a practice in in London, is that true, or outside of London? Yeah, I, I live down in the southwest of England in a place called Devon, um, very beautiful, uh, wild landscape down here. I've been so there. I do my work here, and then I go up to London about once a month, and I see my clients, my London clients, mm. uh, who I've got up there. I've been to Devon. I went to a Tantra festival in Devon. Ah, where was it? It was in some hotel. And um, yeah, that's all I remember. (laughs) (laughs) I I was with, um, I was with uh, Kavita Ray and her partner at the time. And there were two other people, I guess, from Devon who were organizing the festival. You know what? You might have been there, and I, I don't even know. But but I was uh, there, and I remember thinking, what a charming little town. Like, what a great place to live. Mm. Just beautiful. It is. So, it is a very beautiful place. Yeah. So mm. let's talk a little bit about how and why it's so important for people to, for someone to come into knowing what they actually desire sexually, because uh, on my show, I've talked a lot about boundaries and consent. I've had Betty Martin on the show Mm. long ago, wheel of consent um, and others. uh, uh, Kitty Stryker, who said she doesn't even believe there is anything like consent. Like she doesn't believe that she believes the patriarchy is so strong that nobody really knows what their real consent is. Mm. Um, So when, we're learning what we want sexually. Why is that a life changer? Why is that so important? What I see when I'm working with my clients is that there is a 
huge tendency to go along with something yeah in the sexual arena and when i ask my clients what is it that you want they they often look at me with a completely blank face <laughs> and it's like you know this this kind of moment of realization that they actually have choice in creating you know uh, the sexual um, experiences that they that they want to have um it it's it's such a profound moment for them and then the realization is that they don't actually know what they want yeah so you know can i say, can i like i want to dovetail on this for a second you know i sure. i ask people what do they want like in terms of their intentions you know because i teach sex magic and so mm -hmm. I say, you know, if you're going to create magic with your sexuality, like, what do you want? Mm -hmm. And they go, mm -hmm. like, they don't know. They yeah. know what they don't want. They yeah. know they don't want a relationship like the last one. They know they don't want to live in an apartment like the last one that was broken down or flat. You know, they know they want a better car. You know, they, they don't want this clunky old car. But they don't really, if I say, if you could have anything, what do you want? And they just look at me with blank stare, the same exact thing. Mm. And, and you're talking about sexuality, which is like the crux of, of relating in a certain way. And they just don't know. Yeah. It's that's amazing. So, okay. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to make a cliffhanger. We're going to, we're going to take a short break here. I'm going to leave people the edge of their chairs. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to find out how we go about finding out, what they do want. Mm. And I think this is like, I can see that this is like uh, the million dollar question. Uh, <laughs> really, it really is. It really is. <laughs> so if you just tuned in, you're listening to sex and happiness. I'm Laurie handlers. And today I have the pleasure to meet and inter and uh, interview Catherine Hale who, uh, who, you know, I've been dancing around with for years, but never right, properly meeting. And so here we are, and we're talking about if someone asks you what you want sexually, and you look at them with duh, how are you going to fix that? And I, I don't mean fix it like it's broken. I just mean, how are you going to actually figure out what it is that you want and be able to communicate that. And I think that's where we're going here. So please stay tuned. We're coming right back. And this could be a life changer for you. Did you ever stop to think that love is your birthright? That you don't need to earn it or prove it. You just need to live it. I'm personally inviting you to the path of true love, power, and freedom. If you're ready to enliven your soul through conscious sexuality and dive deeply into profound ritual that frees your heart, I'm inviting you to join us for the spiritual sexual shamanic experience. This is better known to most of you as the ISTA Level 1 training. I am regularly leading these courses along with a team of accomplished facilitators all around the world. As a matter of fact, these trainings have taken place in 34 countries. For information on when I'm leading, go to ButterflyWorkshops.com. 
Or for a full schedule, you can go to schooloftemplearts.org. Please consider this invitation seriously because love and freedom are your natural state of being. Are you wondering what book to read to jumpstart your life? Get the best from relationships? Attain the deepest feelings of intimacy? Do you want the best sex along with great happiness? Get your copy of Sex and Happiness, The Tantric Laws of Intimacy by Lori Handlers right now. You'll learn how to make love in the unknown, take the performance anxiety and reaching a goal out of sex. You'll learn subtle ways of communication and really important practices to empower you when dealing with an intimate partner. You'll let go of blame and struggle. Doesn't this sound great? Sex and happiness puts the innocence back into sex and gives Tantra the respect it deserves. Take charge of your life, physically, emotionally, and spiritually with Sex and Happiness by Lori Handlers, only nineteen ninety nine paperback and fourteen ninety nine ebook. Order your copy today by going to butterflyworkshops.com. That's butterflyworkshops.com for your copy of Sex and Happiness. If you're a woman who could use a little zest and zing in your arousal response, or maybe you know women or a woman who could use this, because many women say that their feelings of desire, arousal, and sexual satisfaction don't happen as naturally or as often as they'd like. So I want to tell you about Zestra, because Zestra was developed to meet this much-needed option for women. Uh, Zestra safe and a patented blend of botanical oils and extracts and is created to help women have increased sexual sensations. Zestra comes in convenient single dose personal packets. Each packet keeps the essential arousal oils and extracts free, fresh and safe from light. And with application of Zestra, it starts to work within three to five minutes. And at about 10 minutes, there's something called the Zestra Rush. And that can last up to about 45 minutes. The great news is that Zestra can be used as frequently as you like during each sexual experience. Now, I'm somebody who believes that all women deserve sexual satisfaction. That's why I do this show, in case you hadn't noticed. So, I believe that men and women deserve sexual satisfaction. So, if you're a woman who isn't getting that kind of arousal response that you want please call 877-426-8047. That's 877-426-8047. And please remember to say you heard about Zestra from Laurie Handlers on the Sex and Happiness Show. We're back with Sex and Happiness, and today my guest is Catherine Hale. And Catherine Hale is a sexual healer, uh, she practices a lot of modalities uh, uh, that relate to psychotherapy, sexological body work. She's an empowerment coach. She's skilled in the wheel of consent and, uh, and Tantra, et cetera, et cetera. So, Catherine, you were saying that you ask your clients and they just, they don't know. They look at you. So how do you go about getting from them what they want? Mm-hmm. How do you, how do people learn that? Yeah. So, um, there are a number of different ways of, of kind of getting, getting this information out of clients. Um, one of the, one of the ways in which I start is to, um, to offer them touch. 
So this will probably be, if this is a first session, probably fully clothed touch. Um, and, you know, it's like, well, how would you like me to touch you in this moment? And I might limit it to, to a part of the body. So I might say, how would you like me to touch you on your hand? And then the invitation is for them to kind of rest into the body and to notice what the body communicates back to them. So often we kind of bypass the body and we kind of offer things from the mind because we think we've got to kind of say something to appease the other person. And Mm. what I invite them to do is like, you've got all the time in the world. There's no rush here. So just kind of relax back, let your spine relax, breathe into your belly and just see what arises. And when you do that, uh, a number of things can happen. Um, They can go into kind of a panic because they've never given themselves the opportunity to rest back and listen. Um, And they might need some coaching around that. And then after they've received that coaching, then there's a possibility to, to rest back, to follow that instruction of resting back and to begin to listen to this very subtle voice of that might say, I would like my hand to be held or I'd like my hand to be gently stroked. And once they make that request, I'll then do the action and I will, you know, touch the hand and, and do as they've asked. And the invitation is for them to really open to receive that touch and to notice how it affects them. And I might say something like, did you receive what it is that you wanted? And they might say, well, actually, I would have really liked it if you'd gone a bit slower or would have liked it if you'd have used more pressure. And I would say, great. okay." so ask me those questions. Often we are so used to not getting what we want that we're willing to accept any kind of little crumbs when it comes to touch. And so my invitation to my clients is to is to go beyond the crumbs. And this generally kind of, you know, opens up that place where there may be a feeling of lack of self-worth or, you know, low self-esteem. And, and, and there may be tears. It's like, wow, I can I can really ask for what I want. I don't have to I don't have to make it smaller than it actually is. Mm. And, and, and there can often be this, um, this fear that if they ask for what they want, then they're going to have to give it back to me. Mm. So I make it very clear that this touch is for them and they don't have to give anything back to me. So there's no agenda in my touch. I'm not touching them because I want something back. I'm touching them because they've made a request to which I've said yes to. So they get to have repeated experiences where we begin to kind of tease out what it is that they want. They get what they want. And it's a deep process of validating them as a human being who has needs. Um, This is so good. hmm. This is so good. I I heard a few things in there. One is the fear of disappointment, the Mm. crumbs part. You know, when I heard the crumbs, what Mm. I heard was, Oh yeah, I could think of so many people who don't say 
exactly what they want because they're so they've been disappointed so many times by Christmas. Let's just say. <laughs> I mean, you know, we don't have to blame it on anybody. We just say like by Christmas presents or birthday gifts that they just won't say what they want because the disappointment, the anticipation of disappointment is so great. That's one. And then the other part is the, like the lack of self-worth. Like really, if I asked you for what I wanted, you would really give that to me Mm -hmm. with no agenda. Mm. I don't even have a file folder where to count, where, where to categorize that. Yeah. So it's so good. And starting slow and simple, um, on the hands and, and, and it's very sweet what mm. you just said. I mean, I was really in, I was lost in it when you were describing it. I was like, Oh yeah. <laughs> what would I say? And I want to let you know that um, I recently have been, uh, I personally have been uh, relating to someone who really gives me what I want. Really, probably for the first time in my life, I'm getting like everything I want in the physical realm, like everything. And I cry often because mm-hmm. I'm so humbled by the experience of this is exactly what I dreamed of. I've told people before, but they didn't. They didn't necessarily listen. Mm-hmm. So I just put myself in that situation as you were describing it and thought, oh, I needed you (laughs) back in another day. But now that I have what you're talking about in my life, like on a regular basis, it's, it's humbling. It's moving to the core. Yeah. And Uh, and what we, what you've spoken into there, Laurie, I see playing out a lot for people is that they're they're so used to being in relationships where the other person doesn't listen to what they want. So the other person will have some kind of agenda when it comes to the touch. So you may have made a request if you were brave enough that you wanted, you know, your, your cheeks to be stroked. And the other person may think, well, you know, I'm kind of into cheek stroking, but what I really want is to stroke their hair. So they come in and do a little bit of cheek stroking, but then spend most of the time touching your hair. And then the question is there is, who is that touch for? Right. Well, I think, you know, exactly. I think of the wheel of consent and I think, you know, I started out receiving and then I had to allow because uh, the person started taking without notification. Absolutely. The person just moved into that. Like for me, it was, it's really more of a slow down. It isn't really, it isn't so much like the cheek to the hair, but it's more like, could you just touch me slower? Mm. Could this be a slow build? Could this be almost imperceptible moving to, oh, now I can actually feel that. I'm just telling you, you know, I'm divulging what I love. Um <laughs> I like slow, sweet, almost imperceptible touch. That's like a tease. And then maybe it could get a little more pressuresome, but I don't want it to speed up. Mm. And I don't want it. I don't want the touch to speed up and like, and, and, and then move into intercourse, like in five minutes, like I don't want that. And I, I literally have had to do a stop a partner in the past and, and do emotional release, hand screams right in the bed. 
because yeah. because the taking for for his own gratification took over within minutes. Mm. So so I hear you and I'm just like I'm feeling into your clients and just going like how lucky they are to find you. Mm. Thank you, Laurie. And and you know what you're describing there, I suspect the majority of your listeners have experienced that. Yeah, where all of a sudden it was good. The train left the station <laughs> and it just started barreling down the rail. Yeah. And the person, the person got like the crumbs that you're talking about. They got the beginning of what they want. And that was just a seduction for the other person to just barrel ahead down the rails and, and leave them behind somewhere in this. Like a lot of people who dissociate, like get, get left behind at the station. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah. So I'm sure the listeners, I'm sure my listeners, you know, when they're listening into this show, they're going to be like, Oh, I hit pay dirt. Now they're <laughs> talking about how I can actually get what I want. Yeah. Yeah. So how long does it take? I mean, you know, I know that people are all different and everything, but like literally when you start so slowly like this and you touch someone's hand and then it works into other areas of sensuality and I'm going to call it sensuality because it's like learning our sensuality is, has more distinctions than learning our sexuality. Mm -hmm. So like how, like how from what, like what would be like, a client that a regular client who would come to you, like how long would it be able to take them before they could actually have a whole vocabulary of how they want to be, how, how they want their body to be touched. So it's a bit of one of those uh, questions like how long is a piece of string? <laughs> <laughs> you know, a lot of my clients who I work with are coming um, to see me with, with a trauma history and sometimes a, a very complicated trauma history. Mm, so those good. clients are going to need, you know, a lot of um, repeated experiences. You know, those repeated experiences of validated touch get stored in the long-term memory. And so they become like accessible reference points that, you know, touch is safe, touch is going to create the experiences that I want. Um, if I'm working with someone who doesn't necessarily have that complicated trauma history, um, you know, sometimes a client can really get it in, in one session. Um, you know, they will need to go away and to practice it. Um, and I, and I give them kind of, um, kind of give them games essentially so that they can go away and kind of deepen their experience of this. Um, you know, it's one thing to be able to do it with me, um, you know, kind of safe person in a, in a kind of therapeutically held space. Right. It's quite different taking it back into a relationship with a partner. Um, so I, I often recommend to the women, because it's predominantly women that I work with, you know, that, that if they, if they take it home to their partner, um, if it gets complicated, then to come back with their partner and see me so that I can guide them both through it. Um, because often if we're trying to kind of teach our partner something new, then it creates this, um, power dynamic, 
um, which doesn't necessarily create the situation in which uh, change can happen. Right. I was gonna, you actually answered some questions that I was going to ask you, you know, do you predominantly work with women? And, um, and then, you know, do you, do you see them with the partners? So I think it's wonderful. I mean, it's great that, uh, that women would seek you out and then that they would realize that they need to bring their partner in mm. for a session to see you. So the partner can learn something that I found about men is they want to get it right. Mm. You know, yeah. if men, if men realized, <sighs> I think when men have the awakening in heterosexuality, anyway, I can't speak about, I can't, I can't speak about uh, what I don't know enough about, like in terms of being uh, gender bending, you know, or uh, mm. non-binary, but I can speak about uh, heterosexuality where I think men, when they, actually get it that they're um not listening or um seemingly ignoring requests or something that they say or do hurts us but doesn't they but we may not always say when they actually find out that when we get really quiet or we just what you said in the beginning of the show go along Mm. and then they find that out it's a big awakening for them i think they i think they can get very moved i mean you know especially if they're in a process of being sensitized mm. i think they go wow i had no idea that that could hurt you that way or yeah. that that you know i remember the partner at the time saying to me are you doing emotional release <laughs> and i said yeah i'm doing hand screams right here in the bed I don't kick you in the head. <laughs> and he was just like, really? <laughs> I said, yeah, I want to kill you right now. You know, like we, everything started good and it usually does. And then for, you know, your attention span goes or whatever and you speed up. And now I feel like, no, I'm not riding this train. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, so I give men a lot of, um, I give them the benefit of the doubt that there's just some things they don't know. Mm. And, and if we don't say, and we don't have permission, cause I don't know, I wasn't raised with permission to say, I like this. Yeah. Sexually. I was supposed to not say that I liked sex at all. Mm. You know, that was supposed to remain like in the mystique of me. <laughs> you know? <laughs> You, I'm the puzzle and you have to like crack the puzzle. Yeah. And that's so wrong, but that's the way we're educated. So Catherine, it looks to me like you're like an, um, you're a disruptor. I like that word. You're mm -hmm. a disruptor of the way of the, you know, of the status quo of how it is. And you're teaching women to have a voice about things they were never supposed to even talk about. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, when we think about, um, you know, a heterosexual um, relationship, then what I often see unfolding is that the woman will kind of be in that going along with position and the man will be in the taking but without consent position. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, the other dynamic is to be in, you know, serving and accepting. And I've I've worked with many men who 
seem to struggle more than women, and, and this is a generalisation here, but seem to struggle more than women with being in the role of um, accepting. Right. Right. Hard for them to receive. Very hard. Exactly. For them to receiving pleasure from men, they don't even like, it's like, I look, I had to hypnotize my current partner. <laughs> I took a course in hypnosis and I said to him, can I hypnotize you? He said, why? I said, I would love to hypnotize you and give to you, serve you. He said, I don't know if I could stand it. I said, could we just try? And And that changed everything. Yeah. That changed everything, but I had to actually understand <laughs> in a trance he received. And after that, he was open to receiving. It's priceless. That's priceless. Yeah. But it, it really is um, such a reality that I've, that I've witnessed in so many of the male clients I've, I've worked with, mm. um, you know, to, because to go into a place of uh, receptivity requires a vulnerability, which is not in alignment with, uh, the perceived image of what it means to be a man. Yeah. Um, Just taking a deep breath on that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, All right, we're gonna we're gonna take a little break here, and when we come back, we're gonna find out how people can find out about you, how they can contact you, any tip, you know, a little tip that you might have for people to be able to start this on their own if they can't see you or if they, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. If you're not accessible, like what can they do? Because this is uh, what we're talking about is it's subtle and not subtle, Mm. but it's, you know, parts of it are subtleties. Like just even knowing how I want my, you to touch my hand is a Mm. subtlety. Mm. And then it becomes larger than life if you if it's not touched the right way and and i've gone along for too long and i've been traumatized Mm. so i i'm i'm asserting that many of my listeners have been in that very situation so Mm. when so i'm laurie handlers uh this is sex and happiness i'm thrilled with what we're talking about i'm talking with Catherine hale and um we're going to come back. We're going to, we'll give you a tip and I'm going to tell you how to get in touch with her because this may be the very, very thing that you need in a new or even an, ex, an, an existing relating. How can you shift the dynamics so that you could actually get the touch that you want? And if you shift the touch, there's a chance that you can shift everything. So we're coming right back with that information. Don't go away. So many times you've heard Lori talk about emotional release on this show. She says over and over again how important it is for you and your loved ones. Now you can do emotional release in the privacy of your own home. And you can practice Lottie Han too. Meditation that prepares you for making love in the unknown. In her CD, Shamanic Release and Lottie Han, she creates a safe and sacred space in which you can do the powerful work Lori is known for in her Butterfly Workshops courses. Lori sets you up with the proper positioning and breathing. Then she guides you through each emotional state to the beat of tribal African rhythms. This CD actually provides an easy way to do emotional clearing work on a regular basis. 
Order your copy of Shamanic Release and Lottie Han today and watch your relationships walk free of emotional baggage. To order your copy, go to ButterflyWorkshops.com right now. As a sex and happiness coach, I understand that increased sexual participation intensifies sexual responsiveness and desire, as well as overall health and well-being. My experience with a Sibian has personally increased my sexual response, and I can now train women to use this machine to have peak orgasms as often as possible. I strongly believe this will add to their health and well-being, whether they have a partner or not. The beauty and the miracle of the human body is that it adapts and changes much more rapidly than people change their beliefs or their opinions. The Sibian can make any woman's body more resilient with each peak orgasm. Sibian is an amazing experience, often described as the Lamborghini of sex toys. If you're a woman and you can get yourself to look at Sibian, you should do so. It won't take away from your partner. It will only add, trust me on this, I love my Sibian. Go to Sibian.com. That's S-Y-B-I-A-N dot com or call 1-800-253-6135. That's 800-253-6135. And say, Laurie Handlers told you about Sibian. And by the way, if you do have a partner, ask about Venus for Men. That's Venus, V-E-N-U-S for Men. We're back with Sex and Happiness, and again, I'm Laurie Handlers, your host, and I'm speaking with Catherine Hale about a very important topic, how you ask for what you want, and then how you get it. And it extends to everything, as far as I'm concerned. So if you can say, please touch my face this way, you could also say, please, I'd like you to slow down when you're driving. (laughs) <laughs> or whatever, <laughs> whatever it is. <laughs> I'm precious cargo. Please drive with both hands on the wheel. That's mine. I do that all the time. I always say to people, please put both hands on the wheel of the car. So Catherine, how can people find you? How can people find more? Like we have only, we've just touched the surface. I feel like that iceberg thing where mm-hmm. we're at the top. We could see the top over the water, but there's so much more in the depths. Yeah, I mean, yeah. this is this is a huge topic. And as you said right at the beginning of the show, it is a game changer. And, it, and as you said a moment ago, it impacts every single area of our life. So it's, um, it's, it's one to really kind of uh, get to grips with. Um, so ways in which people can, can approach this... Um, I mean, there are ways of working with me. I'm aware that, you know, you're in the US and I'm in the UK. Mm-hmm. But I do offer sessions on this. Um, I, I work on Zoom and Skype and offer sessions for um, individuals and couples uh, so they can um, begin the journey of unpacking um, what gets in the way of them asking for what they want. Um, I'm also in the process, like Laurie, I've had about the last, I don't know, about seven or eight months, I've kind of been in a place of um, 
retreat within myself. I'm going through uh, the beginning of menopause. So, uh, so I've been taking a pause in, in my professional life. And um, I'm just kind of coming into a place of awakening again. And I'm making a new website and I'm creating online courses. And yeah, I've got loads of new things up my sleeve, which are going to be kind of emerging um, in spring and summer this year, um, including retreats, um, which will be UK based. But if um, none of that feels accessible to your listeners, then the first place to really start with this is that simple question of what is it that I want? And to bring that into consciousness on a daily basis. So it takes a moment or it takes a pause to answer that question. So instead of going into our habitual ways of behaving, we can pause and check in. It's like, okay, it's breakfast time. I can grab my normal like smoothie with this, this, this and that in it. But actually, what do I really want right now? And can I pause for long enough to hear what it is that my body is saying to me? And when we kind of get confident with that and we practice that enough with the general day-to-day things and we listen to like the impulses of the body. So I'm, I'm looking at this glass of water that I've got here. And, and it's like, wow, you know, I, I'm, I, I'm thirsty. I want to have a drink. You know, I want to take a drink. Can I listen to that voice and can I respond to it? Um, and then we can begin to take that into relationship once we've actually um, embodied it in some way within ourselves. And we can ask, you know, those who we're intimate with or our friends and say, hey, you know, do you want to play this game with me where we kind of take it in turns and, you know, I'm going to ask you, you know, how would you like me to touch you? Um, And we limit the amount of time. You know, this comes from Betty Martin's work, the three minute game. And we limit the amount of time that the touch is going to take place for. We go up to three minutes. And um, if the other person wants to play the game, they say yes. And they get to feel into what it is that they want. And the touch happens. And and then we talk about it. You know, did you get what you wanted? And in that process, like I described earlier, we, we, we unpack the resistances. We, unpla- we unpack the, the reasons as to why it's difficult. But because we limit it to a short period of time, we don't go into that kind of endurance or that going along with touch. Um, And it's a really powerful practice to develop um, with friends and intimates. And it's, it's done in a way where, you know, we create a safe enough space so that we can actually speak what's true. Yeah, it's so good. It's really so good. It's such a, it's a great place to start and it's a great, it's just great. It's a great practice to look at. And then when, what you say, unpack it, like what came up, Mm. how was it? Could you stand it for three minutes or five minutes or whatever? That's Mm. one of the things I love about Tantra rituals. I'm just going to say that people can, when people know, there's a safe container 
and there's an exact amount of time and there's they know that's what they're going to be doing or experiencing for that amount of time it becomes manageable mm-hmm. and it's not just this bottomless unknown that's mm-hmm. so scary to people so it's it's good what you're saying it's a way to manage the learning and yeah. to and to uh drop into okay so what just happened how was that how, how? Yeah. And not re-traumatize. And I love the thing you said earlier about the brain over time uh, recording positive experiences. I, I don't like the word positive. I don't like the word positive or negative because it's loaded. But the the brain recording other experiences of pleasure mm. or not pleasure, but being able to say, okay, that wasn't pleasurable. This could make it pleasurable. And then, you know, Put, uh, laying down new neuro patterns, yeah, that that are motivated with pleasure and caused by pleasure, as opposed to what you talk about going along with or just the crumbs. My mm-hmm. neuro patterns are mostly crumbs. No, mm-hmm. no, but yes, mine were just like everybody else's. Mine mm-hmm. were. I remember, you know, years ago, um, wanting to go to bed with someone. And him getting climbing into my bed in my room and saying to me, "Okay, what do you want me to do?" Mm. And I went, "What?" <laughs> I just went, "Okay, we'll try something, and I'll say if I like it or not." <laughs> I didn't know anything about this stuff then. You know what I mean? It was just like yeah. I I thought I like when he asked me that it was a complete turnoff, and if yeah. somebody asked me that today, it it would be a complete turn on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How yeah. everything has changed. You know, it's shifted topsy-turvy. I had an expectation back then that men knew. Mm-hmm. They knew everything. I didn't know everything. I thought they talked about it. It turns out they don't. Yeah. <laughs> we, have this, we have this kind of belief that if we are engaging with somebody else, then they should be able to read our mind and know exactly what it is that we want at any given moment which is just the most ludicrous um, belief. Mm. Uh, we seem to have got that cemented in from a pretty young age. Um, yeah. and, th- and then we're lost. We're lost. Yeah. yeah. And also, uh, th- and that causes men to like, l- I think, learn like one, one trick. You know, like yeah. they, learn one th- they learn one thing that works with a particular partner and then they, they do that thing over and over again because that's the only thing they know that works and they get like yeah. fixated on it. It's not their fault. We don't talk to them. So I love what you're doing, Catherine. And I want to also just support you uh, uh, in menopause. You know, it's a different oh. time. It's a, your body's going through different things. And I love that you're coming out you know, with new stuff and you've taken a pause. So it's wonderful. I didn't have anybody to talk to about it when I went through it. And anyone I asked, like my mother wouldn't talk. So, you know, I had to find my own way, but it's, uh, it's a very precious time to, to, uh, to dig deep into, into your wisdom and into what Mm -hmm. you've learned and to what you want. I mean, since menopause, I, you know, now I say everything, <laughs> whatever I didn't say before I say, <laughs> I say, I earned it. I can just say, you know, 
fuck off or whatever to somebody. <laughs> you know, and I don't worry about it anymore. I just don't worry about it. But I, I had to learn that by going through that period of my life. So, yeah. So yeah. important. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for the work that you're doing on this planet uh, for sensitizing people to who they are and that they have this beautiful, wonderful thing called a body. Mm. And, that it, and that it deserves way more than crumbs. Mm. Way, <laughs> way more than crumbs. So thank you. So so um, did you give, are you giving the new website? I, I don't, did I miss it? How did, um, so, are you ready to announce it? Do you know what? I mean, I've got a web designer building it right at this moment, but it should be www.catherinehale.com co.uk great and i want to i want to spell catherine because you spell it with a c and a lot of a lot of people at least in the states spell it with a k okay so it's c a t h e r i n e and h a l e yeah catherinehale.co.uk and that's how people yeah, and so people people will find you. I mean, this is an important show, and if anyone is really moved, they will find you. I'm not worried mm-hmm. about that at all. They will find you when it when it comes up. Not a problem. They can just Google you anyway. Yeah. So it's wonderful. So thanks so much for being my guest today, and um, and and exemplifying the iceberg, <laughs> telling us about the stuff you know at the top that we could see over the water, but all the other stuff that's below, that yeah. this that this uh, kind of focus leads to uncovering and unpacking. Thank you so much. You're so welcome, Laurie, and thank you for um, persevering in your. Um, in, in your reaching out to me and uh, pinning me down and inviting <laughs> me. <laughs> yeah, that's the way. That's, that's, that would be me. That's who I am. So it's great. So my listeners, thank you so much for listening in today. I hope you got like, you know, a full piece today, a full gift today from this conversation with Catherine because uh, really it's so important. And even if you were to just listen, finish listening, and then go look in the mirror and say, if I was really telling the truth to myself, really, what would I want? And then to be able to start um, speaking that I, or even writing, I don't care what it takes you, write a note, leave someone a note, write it in a card or whatever, but start speaking your truth. This is what's so very, very important. So thank you. And please tune in next time when I will have another amazing guest talking to you. Actually, I think my next guest is probably going to be uh, talking about younger men and uh, a new phenomenon that's happening in the world, which has shocked me, which is that younger men experiencing erectile dysfunction, Mm. like men in their 20s. So we're going to be talking about that and what one man is doing about that. So do tune in um even if you're not in your 20s and erectile dysfunction isn't your particular problem um don't think it's only older men and certainly tell your friends to tune in 
So this is Laurie Handler signing off for Sex and Happiness. It's been my pleasure to bring you this show. Thank you for joining us today for Sex and Happiness. To learn more about Lori and her work, please go to ButterflyWorkshops.com or follow her on Twitter or Facebook. You can send her an email at sexandhappiness at gmail.com. We'll see you again right here next week for another edition of Sex and Happiness. Oh.